be sharing with you guys this morning. My name is Thomas McClure. Uh, I'm the youth pastor here at First Church. Um, and uh, as most of you know, if, if, if you're new here, if this is your first week, we've been going through the book of Exodus. Um, we've been taking our time for the most part, but things are really beginning to pick up some pace, um, which makes preaching quite difficult because there's like multiple chapters to cover in about 20 minutes. So um, we're going to be flying through um, our next couple of chapters that we're going to be focusing on, and that's chapters 13 and 14. Um, so if you have a Bible, please open it up to chapters 13 and 14. Uh, if you want to use the Bibles in front of you, that's page 66, uh, just to give you a little head start, um, right at the start of the Bible there. So Exodus, that's what we've been going through. Um, and uh, this, this week, we're, we're following from what Ben was talking about last week, um, which was the Passover. Um, the, the event of the Passover, the first Passover event, where uh, the, the angel of the Lord came and wiped out the firstborn of everyone in that nation, um, except for those who were under the protection um, of Yahweh himself. Uh, and we talked a lot about the sort of nuances of that, but also just about the meal. Remember, Ben had his meal set up here with his little baby cups um, that he had, um, which I thought was quite funny. Um, and he talked about uh, each aspect of this meal um, and how we can relate to that today. Um, we're sort of continuing this, um, this, the same sort of theme that's been happening over the last few weeks, um, really since Genesis or uh, Exodus chapter 3, um, which was when God revealed his name. Uh, God revealed his name and he called himself Yahweh. Uh, and th that was a big moment, big moment in the biblical story. And then shortly after that, we have Pharaoh come along and say, who's Yahweh? Who is the Lord? I don't know him. Uh, I'm not going to listen to him. Uh, who is the Lord? And that's been a theme and um, that is going to be carried out throughout the rest for, for a long time. <laughs> and we're going to be focusing on that today. And that's, it's a big part of what has shaped um, today's focus. Um, today we're, we're, we're calling the, the, the lesson brought out. is when they're, they're exiting um, Egypt. And there's a lot of stuff that happens. But what happens and what we're going to focus on in these two chapters are three moments when Yahweh reveals a bit more about his character to the Israelites. Over the last couple of weeks, he's revealed a lot about himself to the Egyptians, really showing off his power. And we've talked about some of the Egyptian gods that they worshipped and how Yahweh just sort of mocked them with his power and showed that, no, there is only one true all-powerful God, and that is Yahweh. Um, and, and over uh, the next little bit, we're going to be learning a lot about God's character and how he revealed himself um, to the Israelites, and also how he wanted the Israelites to relate to him, more importantly, um, because he had big plans for the Israelites, um, and their journey wasn't over. They've just left Exodus, but there's a lot still to go. Um, now, if you know these passages, if you know chapters 13 and 14, um, there are big aspects of these passages we're not going to talk about today, and we're not going to be able to get into. We're not going to be able to, we don't really have time to talk about the pillar of fire and all that kind of stuff, which I think is really cool, and I'd love to get into that, but I can't. Um, and, uh, and the leading up to the, uh, the parting of the Red Sea. Um, but what I want to do is focus on three chunks of Scripture um, in these two passages, and talk about what we can learn about Yahweh's character and who he is through these passages. Um, so first off, we're going to start at the very start of Exodus chapter 13, uh, verses 1 and 2. And this is where we're going to say that um, Yahweh sets apart. That's what we learn about, about Yahweh in this um, little chunk, is that Yahweh sets apart. And we'll get into that in a second. Let's read. So Exodus chapter 13, verses 1 and 2. The Lord said to Moses, Consecrate to me all the firstborn, whatever is the first to open the womb among the people of Israel, both man and of beast, is mine. 
You see, at this moment, God is beginning to say, hey, Israelites, you're my people. You're my chosen people. And we see this elsewhere in Scripture as well. When there's all these other nations around, he starts to say, Israel, you are my people. You're to follow me. Dedicate yourselves to me. And there's a lot of stuff that references back to Moses, the killing of the firstborn, um, the, the tenth plague, all of that kind of stuff. But most importantly, God is saying, hey, you're my people. Dedicate yourself to, to me. Um, I'm your king, I'm your God, I've brought you out of slavery and bondage, I've demonstrated my power, I'm all-powerful, I am the one and only king. Dedicate yourselves to me and follow me. Uh, and and that's, that's the challenge that's given to them. And the, and the crazy thing is, that's the challenge that has been given to every Yahweh follower since. It's the same call. Whether you're an Israelite thousands of years ago exiting Egypt, or whether you're a 21st century American Christian here today, that is your call. Dedicate yourself to Christ and dedicate yourself to Yahweh because he is the only king worthy of that calling. Now, we, we see a lot of times in Scripture, um, and we're going to see it uh, if you read on past Exodus, um, you get into the rest of the Pentateuch, which is a bunch of laws. And they're kind of boring to read, but they're very important, um, so don't ignore them. Um, but there's a whole grouping of laws, and all of these laws were designed to do um, a certain thing in particular. And that was to say, hey, People of Yahweh, you are to live differently, right? You're to live differently. Not only do you dedicate your life to Christ, but you follow what he asks. Because that's what, that's, what it, that's what it means. You see, in Hebrew, the word listen, just to hear what someone says, is the same word as to follow what they say. There's no word for obey in Hebrew. It's just the word listen, which is shema. They don't differentiate the two. And that's an expectation in Scripture, is that if you listen to God you obey him. You can't read the Bible and say, cool, I'll set it aside. You must follow and obey what he says. And that's a challenge because we have to dedicate our whole lives to Yahweh. We have been set apart for that specific calling. Um, again, whether you're an Israelite a long time ago or whether you're a Christian today, that's our calling. And we see this pop up throughout the New Testament as well. We're told, do not conform to the patterns of this world. We hear that a lot. Um, and, and we hear that and we think, yeah, I understand that. I'll not um, go get drunk and I'll not smoke and I'll not sleep around or all those kinds of things. Um, but it means a lot more than that. It's, it's a lot more than just, I won't sin. It's more along the lines of, hey, there's other cultures out there in this world and we are supposed to look different. Like, like with the rest of the Pentateuch uh, and this calling of being set apart, you're supposed to stand out. If you're a Christian in your workplace, people should know that. That might be a bit of a challenge, but people should know. Um, because your life is supposed to look different. Maybe it doesn't at this time, but I urge you to work on that uh, and, and learn to live different. And, and culture is one of those really difficult things. We get soaked into it so quickly, right? Because culture is really seductive. Um, and it's really easy to fall into, whether it's having all the best fashion senses or whether it's having the next best thing and being obsessed with our m money and our stuff. Um, and I would encourage you that if you've never been on a missions trip before, a missions trip to another country of a different culture will show you very quickly how much you love your worldly culture of where you're from. Uh, it did for me. It did for Kylie. I know when we, we both went back and forth between America and, and Ireland, she learned a lot about things that she thought and believed um, that were just American things that weren't necessarily in the Bible. 
um, and, and had to work on that. And same for me, I didn't think I was a particularly Irish person. Um, I was kind of uh, like against the culture over there. And then I came here and I discovered all of these things that were so much, were, were just done so much better than what we did back home. Like we don't encourage people. I've talked about this before, but we just don't do encouragement, which is a giant part of being the church. If you haven't had the chance yet, go on a missions trip to experience another culture because it'll open your eyes to areas and blind spots that you've had of culture um, invading your, your spiritual life. That was completely kind of off topic, but it's kind of something I thought I'd dive into there real quick because we can very easily get sucked into a seductive culture and, and mistake it for Christianity. And, and, and I know I'm, I'm not American, but being American and being a Christian isn't the same thing. Being an Irish and being a Christian isn't the same thing. Um, and that, and that's, that's something that we all have to wrestle with because we're proud of where we come from. That's a good thing. But we have to be far more proud of where we're going. So, next. We're going to move on to the next one. Uh, we're still in chapter 13. So firstly, we say that Yahweh sets apart. He calls us to be different um, and, and be separate and to live differently than the rest of the world. Secondly, Yahweh sets that path. Yahweh sets the path. We're going to look in Exodus 13, verses 17 through 18. When Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them by the way or by the land of the Philistines, although that was near. For God said, lest the people change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. Um, but God led the people around the way in the wilderness towards the Red Sea. And the people of Israel went up out of the land of Egypt, equipped for battle. I love that. I love that they're equipped for battle. That's just, you know, one of those cool, like, I always go into those movie modes, um, thinking of a giant nation marching across the land, um, storming towards their promised land. Um, obviously, it doesn't go so well later, but we'll get to that in future weeks. Um, but here we see something interesting, right? So Yahweh is charting out this path, which first, I mean, there's tons of stuff we can learn from this. First of all, he's smart. <laughs> he knows the best route and route to go. He knows what he wants to do. Um, he's a tactician, right? He knows that if, if they went this certain way, it would be bad. So he takes them a different way. Now, here's, here's one thing that I really want to focus on um, in this passage, and that is that Yahweh intentionally takes his people the long, difficult wilderness route to save them from a worse one. Also, I will say root instead of route, and I'm trying, but it's going, it, it, I, say, I mean route if I say root, if, if it sounds weird, okay. Um, but he takes them the long way. He takes them the long way, and, and I think that's something that we have to understand, because sometimes we can look at our life situation and what's going on and think, woe is me, what is going on? Why is this season of my life so difficult and long and, and everything is falling apart? Sometimes we have to realize that God is the one that sets the path. We follow it because we don't know where that other path might have gone. I, I, don't, I don't want to sound, I mean, we have to take things into context, but sometimes whenever we face something difficult, that might be because we, we will have an equivalent of a Philistine army around the corner that God is diverting us from. You're not going to have to face a Philistine army. That is great. Uh, these people literally had to face a Philistine army. But know that sometimes when we're on a long, difficult path, that's because God has deemed that that is the safest and best one. Again, we live in a broken, messed up, and difficult world. There is no easy path. There's no quick answer. There's no quick way through it. We love quick things and just, I mean, I just got an Apple Watch, which means I don't even need to pick my phone out of my pocket to read a text. That's how quick we like things to happen. 
There is no quick and easy way out. Um, paths are long, paths are difficult. But here we learn that Yahweh takes us on the easier path to avoid um, other things. Uh, and, that, and that's something that we, we can all maybe take as a little bit of comfort. If you're going through something really difficult, know that it is intentional. God knows what he's doing. He's a tactician, he's smart, um, and, and he, is, he has a plan for you. Don't, don't just complain in that situation. Don't focus on the negative because he has a plan. He knows where you're going. Um, and we can sometimes just get so focused on the here and now and think that everything is just falling apart. I, I think I might have said this before up here, but one of the biggest complaints that a lot of people have about Christianity is like, if God is so powerful, why didn't he just snap his fingers and make everything better? Why didn't he provide a way out for my suffering? Why do I still have to suffer? What, why didn't God do anything about the bad stuff that's happening in the world? Children are still dying of cancer. cancer. There's still wars across the world. What's God doing? Has he not provided a way? Like, why, why didn't he just make it better? And obviously you and I know that he did. In fact, he went to great lengths, and he took the difficult path so that we could take the easy path. Um, he sacrificed his son to provide a way out of all discomfort and difficulties. Sure, we have a short amount of time here on earth um, to, to deal with, but that's so that we can get to an eternity of perf perfection and comfort with him. Um, if you're on a long path, and it feels difficult, and you feel like you're in a wilderness, and, you, and, you're, and you're facing things that are tough, take comfort. You don't know what might have been around the corner that God saved you from. Yes, it's difficult. We're not going to diminish that. And that's what the church is for. So we're here to support each other. Um, but don't grumble and complain and focus on the negative. Focus on Yahweh, because he's setting a good path for you. And he will pr provide um, everything that you need, as we will see in coming passages and as he did with the Israelites. So a couple of things. Okay, so we've learned a couple of things about Yahweh here. We've learned that he sets apart. He wants you to live differently. He called the Israelites to live differently. They didn't do a very good job of that, but neither do we. So um, he calls us to live differently uh, and be his chosen people. Secondly, he doesn't leave us alone in that, uh, in that search because he provides and sets a path for us to follow, which is beautiful. Um, even when it's difficult, he is providing that path. Um, and, and that's super, super important. Thirdly, uh, in chapter 14, we're going to learn that Yahweh is faithful. Yahweh is faithful. Not only does he call us to live a certain way, he provides a path for us to follow, and he stays with us on that path because he is faithful. Let's look at this. Exodus 14, verses 10 through 14. When Pharaoh drew near, the people of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians were marching after them, and they feared greatly. I think we sometimes don't take that fully into consideration. There was literally an army after them, okay? This is terrifying stuff for these people to be facing. They're, they're facing death in this moment, imminent death, and so let's not take that lightly. They feared greatly, and the people of Israel cried out to the Lord, and they said to Moses, is it because there are no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness? Which, let, let, let me read that again. Is it because there are no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness? What have you done to us bring, uh, in bringing us out of Egypt? Is not this what we said to you in Egypt? Leave us alone that we may serve the Egyptians? For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. And Moses said to pe the people, 
Fear not, stand firm, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, uh, you shall never see again. The Lord will fight for you, and you have only to be silent. I'm going to read these last couple of verses again. Verse 13 and 14. And Moses said to the people, Fear not, stand firm, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see again. The Lord will fight for you, and you have only to be silent. A couple of things here that I want to focus on the Israelites first, and then on God. The Israelites do something that we all do uh, on a regular basis, and that's that they, like I just said, they complain and they focus on their imminent um, struggles and imminent difficulties. Uh, and, and there is no doubt there's a lot going on for them. We don't want to diminish that. Um, but for some reason, they've just forgotten the crazy things that Yahweh has just done for them. We spent the last uh, three weeks talking about the, the ten plagues and how God did, Yahweh did these incredible, miraculous things um, and showed off just how powerful he is. He clearly just demonstrated, I am stronger than Egypt. He's already clearly demonstrated that. At this point, they have been led through the wilderness by a pillar of fire at nighttime. L literally, a giant column of fire has been leading them, and they're scared of the Egyptians because they forgot. They've already forgotten that all the amazing and cool things that Yahweh has already done. And I, I don't know about you, but that it's like the story of my life. <laughs> you know, like I can so easily and quickly fall into despair when things get difficult, forgetting all of the amazing things that God literally did yesterday. Uh, like all the time, um, whether it's financial difficulties, you know, when, when money is tight, it really stresses me out. Like when that credit card number is just a little bit higher than I really want it to be, and I'm like, oh no, God, what, what are you doing? Please help me out. And I forget that like, Moving to the States cost Kylie and I almost $12,000, and I had none of that, and we're here. That was only through God. That was literally just a couple of years ago. And I forget that he did that, and I'm worried about just pennies. I, I forget the amazing things that he's done. Uh, I, I, I maybe focus on like the, the, the cultural difficulties that I face maybe being here in, in grace compared to what I'm used to um, and, and you know, wrestle with that a little bit. And then I forget that like, I'm part of one of the most amazing churches I've ever seen that do service projects and really benefit their town and serve people around them all the time. They tithe generously um, with no expectation of getting anything back and, and they love their community. And I, f I sometimes forget about all the amazing blessings that are surrounding us um, at all times because I focus and forget uh, and focus on these little um, negative things. Uh, and, and the Israelites do this time and time again. We'll see this later with, you know, the golden calf story. Like Moses literally walks up a mountain and he comes back down a little bit later and like they've literally built an idol to something else already, you know, because they forgot. Uh, and sometimes, I, I mean, there are times that I'll have a really good devotional in the morning and it'll get to three o'clock and I've completely forgotten that Jesus is a part of my life because I'm focusing on something else. We're so quick-minded to forget the amazing things that God has done for us, never mind the sacrifice of Jesus, right? You know, that's why we do communion each week is to remember that. Um, you see, God has done more for you and for me than we could possibly imagine. The world is falling apart right now. There's economic crisis everywhere. Um, 
but we are blessed to live in a place and in, in a nation that we can get by. Things are difficult, and you know, we can complain about the gas prices and all that kind of stuff, but, but compared to other places in the world, we should see the blessings that we have here and the comfort that we've been afforded um, and, and, and left to look after and steward. Um, we can be so quick to forget the blessings of God and the, things that, and the things that he's done for us and the power demonstrated for us. We're so quick to forget those um, and focus on the small little obstacles ahead of us. So I'd encourage you, follow what Moses says here uh, in verses 13 and 14. This is such a great passage to hide in your heart. Just bury it deep down there and never let it go. And that's whenever you face difficulties of any kind, small or big, and whether you have imminent death ahead or you have some financial trouble or if you, what, what, a flat tire, whatever it might be, whatever, bring, whatever comfort you need in whatever moment, remember these verses. Fear not, stand firm, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work out for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see again. The Lord will fight for you and you have only to be silent. I love that last one a bit. You have only to be silent. Like, yes, we're called to tell people about Jesus, but God is doing stuff regardless, which I think is really cool. Fear not, stand firm. See the salvation of the Lord, which he will work out for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see again. Let the Lord, or the Lord will fight for you, and you have only to be silent. Let's remember those things. These are areas where Yahweh revealed his character um, to the Israelites, but the reason that we have it written down is because it's also relevant for you and me today. Um, he is, um, he is a, a God who sets us apart to live different. We're called to live differently. We're called to be holy. We are saved by our faith, but our faith um, motivates, us, motivates us to actions. As Christy said, we're not saved by our works. Um, we're, we're, you know, we can't earn our salvation at all. We're saved through faith. Um, but we are to look like Christ. There has to be evidence of that faith. And, and, and that is such a blessing when we can look to people like Harold and we can see such evidence and we can say, I want to chase after that. And for young people in here today, uh, if you're my age or younger or wherever you are, look for someone older who their faith is a role model. Chase it. Work with that person. Seek to learn from that person because it's so beneficial. Because we are called to look different and to be different and to have uh, action backing up our faith. Secondly, Yahweh sets the path. Don't be afraid. The path might be long and difficult, um, but you have no idea what he's saving you from. And he is there because he is faithful. Yahweh is faithful. He'll never leave you alone. Um, in, in the pit of despair, in whatever you're facing, he is faithful to be there with you. All you have to do, sit back and see him fight for you because it happens all around you. Never forget the amazing things that he's done for you. And never forget the amazing things that he's done for the Israelites or for um, the early church, um, or for the church today. He is doing amazing things around the world, and uh, we're so excited to see them happen. Um, even in this little sliver of one part of the world, um, where we get to see amazing things done with like, the likes of Empower coming up soon, when we get to see amazing um, churches, people rallying together to make a difference for this world. That looks different, and we should be encouraged by that. 
So never forget uh, and remember God's got your back. Let's pray. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for the amazing things that you did um, uh, thousands of years ago for the Israelites, and thank you for all the things that you're doing today. Lord, thank you for setting us apart. Thank you for leading us on a path that is directed by you. And thank you for your faithfulness to us, no matter what we do. Lord, we love you. We pray all these things in your name.